0: TEFL Commute, Season 3, Episode 4, Voice, in which we talk about um, vocal cords, looking after your voice, and explore teachers' and students' voices in the classroom. You're listening to the TEFL Commute Podcast.
1: Hi, Carrie. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? Oh, it's good. It's, it's weird. It's the first time I've not had Lindsay opposite me, so to speak. <laughs> it's, uh, I guess we should say this is the TEFL Commute, uh, a podcast where we talk about teaching but not about teaching, although increasingly we seem to be talking more about teaching. And that'll confuse anybody that hasn't listened to any episode before. How you doing, Kerry?
0: I'm doing good. Um... Looking after my voice? Are you? <laughs> no, in particular, I think in fact I'm doing something quite bad, because I'm on my second cup of coffee. You know what, you yeah,
1: have... I, I got really paranoid about coffee this morning, because I think I probably read the same thing about you.
0: Yes, but too much coffee is bad for your voice apparently, and it could be the end of our professional careers as as teachers and, and, and podcasters.
1: Yeah, I know, just, you know... <laughs> Anyway, it's, it's it's a sad fact that I found out. We, we are talking about voice, obviously. Um, Actually, one in five teachers apparently now miss work because of their voice.
0: Yes, yeah, I read that as well. And also something like... Um, one in three call centre workers or something as well. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the statistic was for how many days of work they lost a year, but obviously their voices are being used even more, aren't they? Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. So um, so this episode is about voice, because I think both of us are, are very interested in the voice as, as teachers, podcasters and, and presenters. Uh, so... Um, Let's let's start with we will as you said in the intro look at the teacher's voice and whatever. But let, let's talk about the voice in general. Beginning and I think you found out quite a bit about the voice. So I'll I'll let you, you let you run the beginning part of this.
0: Okay. Yeah. So um, did the usual Google stroke Wikipedia search on voice, and um, the first thing that comes up is kind of the anatomy of the voice, and um, and and it all seems to come down to vocal cords. Um, that's in the larynx. So uh, Vocal cords are vocal flaps. And it's the thickness of these flaps that kind of dictates to the, the pitch of our voice. And it's the way that air passes through these flaps that create our voice. So, um, so
1: the, the bigger, the thicker the flaps, the lower the voice? Is that what you say? Well,
0: Well, yes, that's exactly what I was <coughs> going to say. But there's this, that um, kids' flaps are narrower and um they start to thicken around the age of 8 and boys flaps will thicken more and probably reach their thickest at about um 15 i think thickest for the the is around 20 millimeters for a boy and um, there's a range that goes from 17.5 to 25, I think it is, which is the male flap range, but a female flap is narrower, which um, so 17.5 would be the max for a female, which means that my voice is a higher pitch than yours does, which obviously everyone will have heard, and, and it's quite nice <laughs> at this point that we've got kind of a male, male voice, female voice balancing out. Uh, yeah,
1: for this episode, do you like your voice? I, 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 just a question I was asking people earlier: Do you actually like? I mean, I don't like the sound of my voice. It's something. Actually, the more I've moved into the online environment, the more I've got used to my own voice. But but, do you actually like your own voice? Do you wish it could change?
0: Oh, man, I don't think anyone likes their own voice when they hear it played back to them, do they? I think, you know, sort of I hear my voice in my head, like this ideal voice, which is so much nicer than the one that I hear in a recording. So, uh, but as you say, you kind of get used to it, don't you? Because with online, with so much um, online teaching and presenting now, and we just... Get used to the sound of our own voice. I do find, yeah, I find
1: it fascinating. You know, this online online part is, in, in terms of my whole career, is, is is a small amount of time than than when I was uh, fully a face to face teacher. But I, I never really paid it that much attention. I mean, obviously, there are issues with with voice and how I was using my voice in class. But my actual voice, I never really bothered about face in, in the face to face teacher. But then when I moved online, it suddenly became. I think it is you say it's the recording uh, the recording aspect of, of it. Uh, do you think you've changed your voice then? Mm, uh, I, no, I see. If there's anything that's changed, I'm perhaps less. Uh, I'm slightly less northern than I might be if I was in the pub with some mates.
0: But what about in the classroom? Did your voice not change as a teacher?
1: Mm, um, no, not particularly. I've always felt that it's. Um, um, well, I don't. I, I don't think it's for me to judge. I'm sure people who've observed me teach and stuff might say different. But I've always felt that um, my voice is fairly similar. I mean, one of the criticisms or one of the um, things I've always had with, with people that have observed me is the speed at which I speak. Um, and I've always <laughs> surprise. felt... surprised. But I've always felt that was something, well, you know, hey, you know, you know, in real life, people don't particularly slow down for you, you know? So, so, so from that aspect, I don't know. I'd have to have a much uh, more of a reflective think about whether it's changed, but I don't particularly think so. Yeah, um, I
0: think I think my voice has been kind of tefl muted. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because I think the Welsh is watered down massively, and that's partly... You know, when I first
1: met you uh, in real life and you told me you were Welsh, I never believed you because I've always <laughs> got, the, got the Kerry voice. So it was just like, oh. Oh, Yeah,
0: but then, then words will come through every now and then in little phrases yeah. like, through. And when I was teaching little kids, primary school kids, um, it was great to hear them count back to me. So there I was thinking I had my neutral TEFL voice and the little ones would count back one, two, three. And I thought, oh, my God. How did they pick
1: that? I've done exactly so I got exactly the same thing when I started teaching uh, really little ones in, in Greece uh, in the early 90s. And I was, so I was teaching a class of five and six year olds. And you know when I and they'd heard me say shut the door, and when I heard them say shut door probably you know in the proper <laughs> northern uh, lilt, I was like, oh, I'm so proud, you know. <laughs> 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 and then you realise, yeah, maybe, maybe. So um,
0: they play, they hear it more than we do. Yeah,
1: I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, so um, do, what do you think? Do you think students prefer a female voice or a male voice?
0: Oh, now there's a question I've never thought about.
1: I mean, we always talk about like types of language Brit- British, you know, British English, American English, Global English, blah blah blah. But what about voice? Is it? Do, do you think the the female voice is a better model for teaching, or a male? are there real controversial? Okay, so there's, in front of there's, there. this, there's
0: this thing that um, this idea that I'd heard around a lot, and I hadn't really looked into it before. Um, the the theme came up from this podcast, and it was that female voices are actually easier to understand than male voices, and this um, so. One of the examples that I'd come across kind of in real life was that, I don't know if anybody who's listening or if you, Sean, have been on the um, metro in Madrid, on the underground in in Madrid, and they have the voices announcing the stations as they come up. And um, so the first chunk, which is, you know, the next station is, is spoken by a male voice. And then the actual name of the station is spoken by a female voice. And th- oh, really? that kind of seemed to chime in with this thing I'd heard about female voices being easier to understand. And I'd also been told um, that for coursebook writing for audio scripts and that kind of thing, that, you know, sort of, oh, yeah, no, the female voice is easier. And always, if you can, have a male and a female voice balanced, obviously because it makes it easier for students to be able to differentiate between the two people who are talking or whatever. So I looked this up, are female voices easier to understand than males? And apparently no not at all. It's just a complete myth. Okay.
1: Um, so did, yeah. so did, did the Madrid Metro do that deliberately because of, they thought it was easy to understand or was it just by... Were they, I, go, look, were they looking for gender balance in their announcements?
0: Maybe. Maybe it was more to do with politics. I have no idea because I haven't been able to find an answer to that question. So that's like, a, you know, if anybody out there does know the answer to that question, it would be interesting. And then there's this, also this thing about the choice of a female voice for Siri. You know, sort of Apple's. Um, oh, you know, I never
1: knew Siri had a female voice until, uh, you know, about a year after I'd owned an iPhone. I always thought it was male. That my, in Britain, it seems the default voice is male, whereas in the States, it's a default female.
0: <clears throat> oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay.
1: Um, so there's, there's
0: one theory I'd heard was that because of, um, and you'll know much more about this as kind of the being far more of a sci fi expert, that because of the voice of Hal. Uh being male it was considered something negative so that Um, computers should have female voices
1: that's interesting Uh, that's uh, really interesting as I say with Siri I never realised um, I think it was a few years ago. I was, I, it was the first time I went to a, a bet show, uh, the, the British Educational Technology Show, and the the the, the compare of the main room is the male, what well, was the male voice of Siri, and I kind of sat down listening, <laughs> going, I, who, who is, I know this, I know that, what? and then then he says, I am the male voice of Siri, and he go, oh. and I tweeted this, and the people went, what the voice of Siri's male, and I was like, oh wow, I didn't realise it was a female voice. I never bothered to look in settings, so and realise that you know that you could change the voice and, and whatever. But uh, there's a really, um, if you watch Big Bang Theory, there's a really funny episode where one of the members of Big Bang Theory falls in love with the female Siri on his phone. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's well worth watching. Anyway, we're, uh, we're sidetracking ourselves there. So we so bring it around to teachers, because obviously, I mean, for teachers, uh, our voice is our tool, I guess, um, in that sense. Without our voice, we can't teach English. Um, um, Greek? I presume that we would say... Um, uh, that oh that as a teacher it is our most important um, thing. Yet we probably don't look after it so well.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, did you ever get any voice training no, in your never. initial teacher training?
1: No, no, never. I mean, voice is something that came to me. I, I I mean, I think there's two things with voice. We might look at both. I mean, there's looking after your voice, but then there's the use of our voice. I'd say yes, I got training in the sense, or and as a trainer. Mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, uh, one of the things I think about um, on people on initial teacher training courses when they stand up for the first time uh, or first or second time in the classroom, their, their voice goes goes. They're very monotone. They've got no expression. And actually, teaching people how to use their voice as an expressive tool, yes. But looking after my voice and that kind of, then no. I would. Say
0: yeah. That. Well, I was really lucky when we when I was working in a school in Madrid that we actually had a. Trained um, voice trainer on this oh, really? one. Wow. Yeah, he was um, he was an actor um, before uh, moving into TEFL and he actually gave us sessions on both things on on how to use our voice, but also on how to protect our voice. So it was quite interesting because def- I'd never thought about it at all before that.
1: I think that what what got me into thinking about voice more, uh, apart from the teacher, was I think it's. it's uh, Gosh, it's, uh, it was Alan Maley's book, On the Voice. I don't know if you've ever read that, it was, which came out, oh, it must, be, it must be a good 15 years or so now ago. And it was the first time that made, and it was called The Teacher's Voice, and it made me really uh, think about what we do with voices and how it was going, and, and how we basically just don't look after them. Um, and, I, it?
0: Yeah, I was looking at that as well, and there's an interesting little exercise early on where he gives about 20 adjectives, I think it is, and you have to choose which one's, um, suit your voice, and and I just thought, you know, I've never ever thought about that, and I couldn't decide which adjective. So, for example, my you, voice. Can at all. Oh, can I see? Like, there's like. Um, uh oh, by, by the way,
1: listeners, we'll put the, Alan Maley's book, which is well worth buying, is is is, is uh, on one stop English. You can download yeah. part of it, and we'll put the link uh, on the on the notes. Um, but I would recommend the whole book. I read it way back when. Um, sorry, adjectives.
0: Yeah, so there are things like, obviously, deep, soft, um, whingy, um, uh, friendly. Um, I, oh, I can't remember, but there's about 20 of them. And and each one of them, I'm going like, well, am I? Am I watch? <laughs> I mean, you yeah, know, sort of uh, sing, it, sing-songy, uh, it... maybe. You know, And it was the, those kind of questions I'd never stopped to analyze my I, but voice. I also
1: wonder how students would now, you know you look at your own voice and you think well I'm soft and I'm I, you know, <laughs> the students go now it's whingy you know <laughs> exactly I, I actually I got Hard. I, I like the little test at the beginning of, of that book I maybe did one or two questions there so how how many of these statements are true for you so your voice gets tired quickly I think mine does I, I'd say it does I run out of breath when I'm speaking uh I get, these are not, I'm not they're not about me these are things you should be saying true or false for. I get a sore throat after speaking for a long time I need to clear my throat a lot in fact this is just a tick list of all the things that, that I know why my my voice is really ba- bad bad and why I don't look after it um and-
0: any of those true for you, Sean? Most How of them. That okay. check- most but, of them, yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, number 10 is I wish I had a more attractive voice, and we've already kind of spoken <laughs> about that. So my, I, I guess the only one that really is, my, my voice often sounds tired and dead and lacking in energy. I, I don't think I've ever been accused of that. But th- as a teacher, it might come up uh, quite uh, quite a bit. So we say um, we, we've talked about... Cl- or maybe
0: as a trainer, because it's it's quite a sensitive thing to tell someone, isn't it? do you realise that your voice is quite boring, yes, you know? You realize, you realize <laughs> like, it. you it's our kind of up there with the, do you realise you have BO yes, you kind of, you know, backup. personal yes, things to You need to, to use deodorant
1: and you need to change your pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, but apart from that, you're fine, off you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've talked about damage to the voice. Obviously both of us have talked about coffee. Is there any, anything else that we should avoid as teachers or um, that, that would help us preserve our voices?
0: Well, I was there was reading. Oh, sorry, reading about drinking lots of water was one of them. It seemed to be also for presenters before you present. Make sure that you're voice is hydrated so it seems that there's kind of two ways it goes if your vocal cords are dry then that will affect your voice and the pitch of your voice um but also if you've obviously if you've got a cold mucus that thickens the folds and makes it more difficult as well for you to speak clearly and it can damage if you're using the thickened folds and speaking too much with them apparently from my little brief um anatomy lesson on wikipedia um what else was there? I know in Portugal they swear that. Oh, okay, hold on. If you're living in Portugal, you're Portuguese. This might be wrong. This is just something that I kind of have picked up.
1: So it's, from, a, it's an urban myth. myth so it's probably Chinese it's, whisper.
0: There's probably a massive myth here. It's all
1: right. We're, we're very good in travel podcast of just, <laughs> just
0: making stuff up. <laughs> making and <laughs> <it> <laughs> up and then yeah, um, that uh, you shouldn't drink ice, um, ice cold drinks, or put ice in drinks because that will damage your um, your voice. Oh, so. Right.
1: Not too cold. Well, I I think if you start looking, and um, I mean, and I'm not playing this down, but if you start looking at the checklist of what you can't do, then it's like you can't drink coffee, you can't drink alcohol, you can't drink fizzy drinks, you're not supposed to have spicy meals, uh, be careful of dairy. I mean, it's it's almost like one of those government lists of how to live to (laughs) your. (laughs) <laughs> to a hundred, never no mind. Uh, and I'm really not, I mean, I, I understand why you shouldn't do these things, but it, it's kind of, I, I guess it's, uh, you know, if you start worrying overly, then, then uh, you, well, unless you take a vow of silence, I guess, then uh, <laughs> then you're not going to get... Yeah, any, but I, any, I think it's
0: kind of, you know, the uh, uh, teachers' voices, yes, they're under pressure, but they're not in the same way as a singer's voice is, you know, sort of kind of a singer's voice probably needs to be looked after more carefully, doesn't it? And is going to be under much more strain.
1: But that's interesting. But, I mean, I, I, just before the podcast, I was talking to James and he, he he did eight hours teaching yesterday. Now, eight hours teaching is probably a more considerable amount of work than a, a singer's concert. And I'm not I'm not doing either now, but I'm not sure that. I think mm, in a certain, do- in a certain I, way, perhaps.
0: I doubt James would have been speaking. For eight hours non-stop. Oh,
1: you, you know, James, he loves the sound of his own voice. You know, that's why. <laughs> right. I mean, you've heard him on these podcasts. He talks so much that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. you
0: just can't shut him <laughs> I just
1: shut But, uh, but I, I take your point. I take your point.
0: Because I think a webinar is worse. I definitely feel that my voice is more tired after um, speaking in a webinar, where the only the only interaction with the people that I'm speaking to is in a chat box then it's basically, I kind of feel like I have to keep on filling the silence with the sound of my own voice. And, um, uh, and I'm much more tired after an hour of that than I would be after two or three hours of teaching. I uh, that's true. I get
1: I get the same after I, if you're in a webinar, if you're doing a kind of plenary talk at a conference, it's where rather than a workshop where you're expected to speak for for most of the hour. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Then I guess uh, I guess uh, so. Well, let's just um, let's have a listen to some Facebook philosophy, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about how we can perhaps uh, um, look after our voice, what we can do for that. It shouldn't matter how slowly a child learns as long as we're encouraging them not to stop. Robert John Mian. So, uh, do you have any tips and suggestions for looking after the voice, apart from not drinking and, and living like a, a monk? Um, any, <laughs> any, anything you've come across that would, that would help there?
0: Um, I think maybe recognizing when you've been speaking too much i think possibly also having hmm, having something that helps you not shout so if you're in a large space in a classroom with a lot of background noise or you're working with a big Class of really active kids, and that you've got to find another way of of, of kind of getting your presence across that isn't shouting. So yeah, that shouting th- is probably that, the worst thing. Yeah, and I think that's a
1: tendency. Um, with uh, you know, you, you raise your voice at kids uh, in a kids class to try and get order, but actually, that's a for many reasons, not just for the voice, that that doesn't work. Uh, well, yes, yeah,
0: si- silence can often work much better. Or suddenly going really quiet and serious on them. I thought that was one of my favourite tricks with the voice as well. So it's kind of, rather than, you know, so sort of the usual kind of more sing-songy voice, maybe suddenly just going really very serious on them like that. and they Oh, is that, to, your, is that
1: your serious voice? Very
0: serious voice, <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then they kind of, they have to pay much more attention then to what is she saying? And that, that kind of is a trick that works sometimes not always
1: do you, 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 you you spoke about the web we were talking about the webinars and the, the plenary may maybe be tiring on a voice before you do one of those do you warm your voice up I mean again I guess that's an analogy to a singer do you do, you do warm-up exercises?
0: no I've never done anything uh, like that
1: no. uh, so again I think this is from the there are many sites on this Alan Bailey's book about, sort of uh, suggests that you start with your, your, your face muscles you know you raise one eyebrow then you flare a nostril then you wrinkle your nose but I mean we could do if we did those on the podcast it would be a bit dull yeah then move on to your jaw so you, you make chewing mo- uh, movements then in your lips so you pout your lips uh, you stick your tongue out as far as possible and all these things kind of uh,
0: wonderful to actually do that up on the podium with the whole audience watching you, wouldn't it?
1: Then? Yeah, 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 go back, yeah, that would be, <laughs> not in a webinar, because you you'd be on camera on your own, and you'd look really, yes, really, true. R- really <laughs> foolish, uh, but look, this kind of, just <laughs> taking, taking this, um, taking these warm-up exercises, uh, and I think it is, you might, you might realise you look a bit daft, but, you know, before we, before we begin, there might actually be a good way of, of, uh, of of getting ready to, to 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 avoid some of that weariness. Um we talked about pitch and I mean the door teacher and stuff like that. Um I, I also came across a couple of uh uh, a couple of good activities for to to experiment with pitch that you could do, and I actually think these would be quite. We will probably get finished with that in a moment. But looking at the idea of, of the of a student's voice, I mean, many of the students I taught need to stand up and do presentations and things like that. So I think there's a there's these the, what I'm about to say would cross over to be student activities. Um, so um, a website gives some ideas for practicing your voice and pitch of your voice and, and, and controlling your voice. Um, so can I experiment with you? Do you mind if yeah, I if I, throw I? On it? So this first activity, and I. I um, I can't remember the website I found but I'll put it on the blog and give them proper credit she she, she's the writer calls this one note Charlie okay so choose a topic
0: okay uh, you got a topic. Yeah.
1: all right yeah. so take a deep breath and sp- keep talking about the topic until you run out of breath
0: okay so I just looked around the room and saw the dog and I thought maybe I'd talk about her because I Thought she might actually want to join in at some point, but she's decided to go to sleep instead, curled up on her little cushion in the corner. And now I'm running out of breath. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, oh, it's quite a nice. It's a voice control activity. So, so uh, I think I, I think actually, when I'm thinking of teaching, it's, there's quite a nice activity for even for practicing things like exam speaking. You, know, you speak for a minute, this that and the other. Um, but it's a good little voice activity. Uh, she does lot. She uh, one I won't put on you. She calls seesaw. Well, and there's a lot of debate about about reading. Aloud, but reading aloud for practicing your voice and controlling your pitch is is perhaps a useful way. And she talks about reading one sentence in a higher pitch and the second sentence in a lower pitch. I think that's quite a nice way to, oh, to, get, well, yeah. to get that idea yeah. to that. But I'll do what I, I realise we've been talking for a long time. So let, let's just do one more, which actually I think almost goes back to one of the exercises you picked on earlier when you were describing your voice about adjectives. Well, uh, this one is to practice your, the way you use your voice. And she calls it the ham sandwich game okay so the word is ham sandwich and, okay and you've got we'll, we'll pick a couple of adjectives and you've got to say ham sandwich in that way so for example if I say ham sandwich that would be my angry voice mm-hmm. okay, so I said it angrily so the adjectives she gives are happily sadly lovely sorry happily sadly lovingly despairingly laughingly importantly shyly snidely so pick an adjective let's see if we can guess what voice you do it in
0: okay ham sandwich
1: That sounds like a handbag. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's true. Uh, That's almost, I don't don't know, is it Snidely?
0: Yes, that's what it was.
1: Oh, very good. Okay,
0: Okay, that worked.
1: That that works. works. (laughs) Yeah, so those kind of exercises, I think, are nice little exercises. Uh, I think uh, the teachers that need to work with the voice, the ones we talked about earlier, and also this crossover to the way we use them with students, um, should we? I
0: think
1: we we talked a lot about the teacher's voice. I mean, we can could, I just can sorry. I
0: just share one more? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. So this yeah. kind of takes us off in another direction. So <gasps> one of my um, you mean one, one of my favorite like um, classroom activities with the students, kind of playing around with their voice is movie trailers okay? Oh, okay and there's this guy um you'll have heard his voice definitely and his he's called don la oh sorry he he was don Lefontaine. uh he died in 2008 and he was the movie trailer king um and he he had this fantastic voice which in fact he was one of these people who loved the sound of his own voice and um, you can see an interview with him on YouTube which is I thought was fascinating but he is he does this fantastic you know that kind of booming movie trailer voice thing which I'm not going to even try and
1: imitate we just pause there let's see if we can drop his voice in yes
0: in a world in the year 2017 in a time of tradition in a city where anything can happen in a war that isn't his. Every day in New York City, on the Miami Police Force in the Deep
1: South. There you go. That makes it easy to describe, doesn't it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so,
0: so we kind of set him up as a model, um, and and then get the the students just get to play around with um, writing. Movie trailers and reading them out with a Don LaFontaine voice, you know, and there are so many clips out there of him and so many of these fantastic, you know, in a world where whatever it is, in a world where violence is king or in a world where beauty is, I don't know. Oh, I'm what just I- thinking
1: how I could incorporate that. I, one of my, fav- it's got to do with voice, one of my favourite. Uh, kind of workshop, classroom projects is uh, you, you know iMovie the, on a on an iPad. You can make yeah. trailers in them. They're not vocal trailers, but you can actually you know they set up trailers to a theme. And I'm thinking, wow, I can add that voice exercise to that. Wow, that's sorry, my brain's teaching again. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's
0: lovely. I mean, it's great, it's, and his voice is just wonderful. And and everybody, everybody so knows I'm, that in the so world. Like, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, if yeah. You don't know anything else uh, with it. Yeah, so that's a great idea. Um, I'm sorry, I was going to say bef- uh, before we got onto uh, movie trailers about students' voice because uh, yeah. we talked. We talked about voice, talked about the teacher's voice. Uh, we kind of obviously some of these things are applicable to students' voice, but let, let's just finish by looking at uh, some things about students' voice.
0: There's, I can, there's there's two things here with the voice, isn't there? I think there's kind of uh, one of them, I guess, is accent and the idea of. Um, what accent do you want in a language that you're learning? You know, sort of how, how much of your own identity do you want to keep and how much of it do you want to lose? And, and how important to you is, is the actual voice when you're speaking? You know, so it's kind of in the States, there's this movement of voice, um, accent reduction amongst Americans who want to reduce their their, I guess the regional accents in the states as well um, to be a kind of a more neutral accent and then well what about students do they want to sound more neutral do they want to keep their Spanish or French accent I think there's this there's this interesting idea of of identity linked there with with your accent yeah I
1: think I've come across that I mean students of all types so the, the, the students are really desperate to lose that accent because they want to uh, in inverted commas sound English or, or whatever but I, I actually personally think they lose something by doing that you know? for me your accent is your identity you know and when I speak Czech which is probably the language I speak best over the English then then I sound like an Englishman speaking Czech I don't mind that yeah um, I think for, Yeah,
0: for me too the, the languages I speak I certainly never sound native but I just confuse people by having a mishmash of different accents kind <laughs> of just being thrown into this melting pot and I always get the where are you from kind of response um, and and I think like you know you just want to be clear really is is my bottom line and I think a lot of students agree with that but sometimes um, clarity means that you need to play around with voice a little bit I think they th- sometimes students need to hear their own voice just to see
1: yeah and I think. Haha, sorry to interrupt Kerry and I talking about voice, but Lindsay's not here and I can't pass up this opportunity to tell some more jokes. If you're a regular uh, listener of the TEFL committee, you know that Lindsay has never really been a fan of my jokes. Whereas I quite like language play jokes and think they're a uh, useful resource for students. So without further ado, here are some good question and answer jokes for you. First off, why did the picture go to jail? Because it was framed. What do you give a dog with a fever? Mustard, of course, it's the best thing for a hot dog. Why should you take a pencil to bed? To draw the curtains. Why couldn't the pirate play cards? Because he was sitting on the deck. Why didn't the skeleton go to the dance? Because he had nobody to go with. What's the best day to go to the beach? Sunday of course why did the boy eat his homework? because his teacher said it was a piece of cake Why are some fish at the bottom of the ocean? because they dropped out of school <laughs> and to finish with here are two plays on words that I really like from from the uh, the joke site I'm stealing these from so what is it called when a cat wins a dog show? A catastrophe! You know, a catastrophe? Ha ha. And what do you call a fake noodle? An impasta! Right, I better get out of here before I'm banned from ever recording again. Back to the regular program. Now, back to our show.
0: Sometimes students need to hear their own voice just to see.
1: Yeah, and I think, well, I think that's um, one of the things where uh, obviously uh, Lindsay and I uh, often talk about tech on these things. Technology has helped the students that are I mean, in a position where they can hear themselves much more easily than, than they were ever when, when you and I started teaching. So I think there's, there's something they can do. And I think actually, maybe more than accent, where I think uh, people need to change, it, it, well, it is related to accent, but going back to the idea of pitch and uh, moving the stress and getting the stress. Timing right on words and stuff and sentences is an important aspect that students need to work on. And through that, maybe they they do change their accent and the way they speak. But that's through I think that's for intelligibility of the words themselves rather than.
0: I think there's also this thing about each language has its own voice. Yes, that's true. And that we can kind of imitate that voice within our own language. You know, sort of we can all put on a, a, you know, in my case, a really bad. Uh, French accent in English or Spanish accent in English or whatever, and that's that's through some kind of knowledge of what the sound of of the other language is, you know. Sort of, and I, I think it's quite fun to play play around with that. And there's the position of the voice in your mouth as well. I think your your face changes a little. I mean, do, do you speak French, Sean? Um, I did when I was
1: at school. Yeah, you know, okay, you know, yeah, Me, could, but me
0: I, too. It's very much school French. But there's that if you speak French, then you're the sounds are further forward in your mouth than no. they are in English. And so you kind of pout your lips a little bit <laughs> and and your face changes. And I had a, a good friend who um, was bilingual Italian and French. And um, when speaking French, uh, his face was completely different. He just looked different. And then speaking Italian, where the voice is kind of further back in your mouth, like basically it's the shape of the vowel sounds that makes the difference. His face was completely different. It was, and so I think it's quite a fun thing to play with in class. That imitate, it's like speak your own language in an English accent, and and think about um, what does that mean? You know, sort of what, what what is that subtle difference in in the voice? Which is
1: kind of almost, and perhaps a good place then, which is almost taking us right back to where we beginning And in, in, in the fact that perhaps there needs to be more training and more thought given to the voice. As teachers, um, because in order to make the most of those kind of exercises, then you need to understand your voice and what your voice is doing and, and how your voice works. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I think so, but maybe also it's quite instinctive. Um, I mean, kind of going back to to my kind of experience in Italy again was they had the uh, Laurel and Hardy dubbed in Italian and you're sort of, um, the Italians are really proud of their their dubbing and uh, they dubbed them with English accents. So, they're speaking Italian but with these amazing English accents, uh, well, American accents But and the students could imitate them perfectly, absolutely perfectly. So, they had this model for imitating um, an uh, an English-speaking accent in Italian. And so then it was quite fun. Then to you get them speaking Italian with an English accent, and then get them speaking in English, and and something was transferred, kind of in a in a subconscious way, I guess.
1: No, yeah, it's interesting. And then, I mean, we've been speaking forever. I mean, maybe we should, <laughs> in, in another season, we'll ta- we'll take this further and have a voice too. Um, but I think actually, there's a lot come out of this that hopefully podcast listeners, if they look to the links and. Uh, and going back to, to what we said, there's actually a lot of classroom activities we've put in here. So again, as I said at the beginning, our podcast seems to be becoming more and more about oh no. teaching, uh, even, though, <laughs> even though we set out never never to be. But anyway, uh, perhaps time to uh, draw it to an end. Uh, I guess, thank, uh, thank you, Kerry. It's always good to have you on the podcast uh,
0: Thank you for having me. It's been fun, yeah.
1: Certainly, uh, a a pleasant change from listening to to Lindsay and all these geeky sci fi uh, references. (laughs) So, uh, so thanks a lot, and we'll uh, welcome you back to to another episode in in the near future.
0: Thanks a lot, Sean. Bye. And
1: bye, everyone. Uh, We'll see you next time on the TEFL Commute.
2: As your commute is coming to an end. Here's another idea that you can use in class. We've already mentioned quite a few activities during the episode but here's one of our favourites. Ask your students to think of ten words that are shared in both English and their language, for example spaghetti or tennis. Alternatively you could dictate a list of your own. Ask them to look first at any changes in the spelling or form, for example in Czech The English sister becomes sestra. Then, ask them to say each word first in their language and then in English. Let them work on this on their own before you confirm the English pronunciation. Highlight any changes in word stress or changes in how consonants or vowels are pronounced. Drill the international words with an English accent exaggerating the differences. You can find the instructions for this activity at our website, teflcommute.com. You've been listening to The Teffel Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and by visiting us at teffelcommute.com. I wish to report a burglary. I can't hear you, sir. <laughs> I wish to report a burglary!
1: That's a little bit too loud, sir. So could you say it just a little less loud than that? <laughs> I wish to report a burglary. Well, I'm still not getting anything. Uh, could you try it and I register? <laughs> I wish to report a burglary! Oh, that's it. Hang on a moment. Now, a little bit louder. <laughs> I wish to report